Welcome to the Craft Imperial Podcast, a weekly podcast about cigars, whiskey, and all the banter you could possibly want. You'll join your host, the Bourbon Cowboy, the Viking, as each week we get into different cigars, different whiskeys, budget, hard to find, unicorn, you name it. The rabbit holes we're going to go down, insights, opinions, conversation, new releases from Craft Impero, and anything else we can seem to let fall of our mouths that week. You guys enjoy this episode. Mahalo. All right, all right, aloha, guys. Welcome back to the Craft Impero podcast. You're here with your host, The Viking. And the Bourbon Cowboy. And we are coming at you recorded live from Lit Cigar Lounge 2.5. Okay. I got a question right on that. Like, What's 2.5? 2.5. Whoa. Halfway there. Well, if if Lit, the store over there, was the number one location. Right. And now you're moving to the second location, why would it be 2.5? Wouldn't it be like 1.5? Well, 2.5 is like a half, so you're halfway there, right? Maybe? I don't know. We're going to roll a 2.5. I have no idea. We're going to roll a 2.5. Okay, well, it wasn't your decision. So. I know. We're going to roll a 2.5, and we're going to bang with it. But uh, so the staff at Lit uh, from 10 p.m. Tuesday night till about 6.30 Wednesday evening moved the entire lounge into this 2.5, this secondary space, um, and back in operation. So we moved everything, the entire lounge, in about 16 hours. Uh, then everything after that was restocking, stocking up, setting up the new lounge, etc. So what you see here is the uh, what I'm going to coin the Craft Appeal Podcast Corner. This is where all our podcasts will come from while we're here at 2.5. Um, so I did fib a little. I told you the next time you'd see us at Lit, we'd be in the VIP room. But now we're in the Craft Appeal Podcast Corner. And I'm dimming at that because the sign's right there. Okay? So yeah. cigars and then Craft Appeal. It's pretty much synonymous with, with tobacco and stuff. So... Um, what we're going to start with is we are going to smoke Maria Lucia. Uh, this is from Luciano Cigars. This was the 2022 PCA release. Um, there's a beautiful story behind it. The cigars for his mom. That's actually his mom on the logo. That's a painting of her uh, with the flowers and tobacco leaves in the back. Yeah, uh, a very interesting cigar. Now, this cigar has been out since, uh, I want to say these things shipped in August of 22. I have never smoked this cigar. Uh, so Luciano, I feel like I let you down, buddy. Um, but we're going to do them today. This is what we're going to do here at the 2.5. Um, now, paired with that, we're going to get into what the Bourbon Cowboy brought later. But um, Lit Cigar Lounge is now a Penelope, not dealer, but we're pouring all the Penelope line from Architect down to the new Rosé. This is the Toasted Barrel um, Penelope, which actually is a lot of fun considering we're going to bump up to that next. So kind of playing inside the same area of whatever right so uh, there we are really interesting so how are you good why doesn't it i'm I was just asking silly questions because that's what we do why wouldn't it say like luciano cigars because well like because that? because reason being for that is this was released before the crown heads and pachardo or crown heads and luciano separation we all know about it we know it all happened we talked about it before so Luciano's business was not yet Luciano Cigars. So this, this was, was in the workings when all that was going on. Yes, this was still done by Pichardo. I believe it was done by Pichardo. Um, I'll double check that. But um, it was distributed by Crown Heads at the time. So now, if Maria Lucia does come back, which I, I'm sure that it will, um, it will read um, Luciano Cigars on the back of it. 
Yeah, okay. So, well then, so it wasn't that bad of a question. No, not at all. And I figured that one would kind of pop up right away, honestly, because you remember what a big deal that was when it did happen. So yeah. now that it's out and we're doing that, we will jump into these, which will be a lot of fun. And we're having toasted vanilla. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I've had that before. Uh, well, I mean, at least I'm pretty confident. Yeah. We've well, we've done a bunch of Penelope. I know we've done Barrel Proof or Barrel Strength, the one they have is the Red Label one. I know we've done that one. Um, I think the only one I haven't done is um, the Rose Finish or whatever. Yeah, the Rose Cast one. Yeah, that's and that was actually the one I thought about, but just knowing what I know about this cigar and what I've talked to people about it and, and things on it, that's just a very light and clean whiskey. I don't know that it would pair well. I don't know that it would, it would even hold up well, right. to be honest. So at least we go at it this way and we can jump into it just like this, which will be fun and fine and dandy. So we'll pop into it. Scooby Drew. Bunch stuff. <laughs> Yeah, to be honest with you, it's been really kind of a, it's been kind of a dry run for me as far as bourbon. I have not bought much bourbon in quite some time. And then all of a sudden, <clears throat> um, I was able to pick up uh, this double oak that we're gonna talk about here in the, the near future here our second drink and then um can you turn a couple that one others down? can you turn that one down this one can you oh, turn this one down? down just a tad yeah does it work that way anyway it's just Dude, recently nice. that i've come across some really good deals uh the new Thanks, barrel Dick. king yeah, uh, is finished yeah, in a um yeah. will it uh, family estate barrel. Which, is that the new one? You, oh, that is the new one you picked up. You sent me a picture. Yeah, of and I have that with me as well tonight. And well, um, here, let's cheers this while we're talking about yeah. the bourbon. Let's see what's going on here. Good to see you, brother. Don't worry, we're gonna recap that you. Sunday. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> I haven't had anything by Penelope that I haven't liked. I would still say, even though it's really good, I still like the Architect the best. Well, that's I think I think Architect's their best release yet. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, they got six releases before that and they did what, four single barrel runs to try and finalize that Architect? And how do you get a better Architect? Probably a barrel pick, which those are out now. I got ways. one, yeah. 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 So you hunt around maybe for a better one. Yeah, we'd right? open it, we'd pop it open Super Bowl. That's what I figured. Yeah. That'd be our, our grace. Um, but that's very good. And it's really funny how you can sit around and joke about um, like how wordplay will mess with your, your mental state a little bit. It's like we're talking toasted, 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 toasted. Take a sip of that and it's buttery. Like it's it's like not butterscotch because I think that, that means too much sweetness, but it's buttery. And then it's got, it's got a great amount 
again, we've talked about this before, right? The difference between like proof and toasting or char and proof, you can taste it. It's not just hot, you know? It's not just crazy hot that way. Right. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to have another little swing of that. Yeah, I think that's just super sweet. But it's like a... Um, it's a thick, layered sweetness. It's not like... Um, I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain different levels of sweetness. Because you can tell that there's some toast, there's some barrel in there, there's all this stuff. And then there's just like this little cover of sweetness in it. And I guess it could be caramel. I don't know. But um, no, it's, it's, it's fun not being able... I, I really think... I was talking about this to, to a customer today. Like it's really fun to not be one of those super tasters or to act like you're one of those super tasters where you do just enjoy it. And it's like you find these unique things and then you just run with it. You don't if you're a super taster, thing. what's next? I mean, what... Where can your palate go if you're a super? I mean, we're still just like, that's kind of why, you know, I get frustrated because maybe I don't know this or I don't know that. But that it's this is all about an adventure, about us just tasting stuff well, and finding out for the first time what yeah. it tastes like and it smokes like. And, and I wouldn't agree that when you're playing with whiskey and cigars, when you're playing with whiskey and cigars, I don't think that... I don't know, it's not so much as not knowing, right? Because that would be like, if, if, if we're smoking some of this thing, I go, so I'm getting a lot of cardboard, and like my favorite one I've joked about is that leather term, right? And people get leather happy, they taste leather all the time, and I want to be well, like, I kind of said like, have you chewed, smell. like have you chewed on a leather belt? Like is that, like are you into the BDSM I, thing? You know, I, thing? I do think I have chewed on some leather. Well, that's because you've probably been to a dom, so she worked you ass out, I don't know. But... You know, things like that. but And then you say something like, oh, I'm irritated. I'm not tasting. Well, the thing about nuances and taste, right, is it's all a matter of perception. You know what I mean? So what you're pulling in and what you're tasting is going to be different. That's what we did before. When I was joking about um, what, I, what bottles were we drinking that I didn't like it. Oh, uh, Four Roses. And they do the single barrels, the barrel picks. They yeah. put the, those letter combinations. And you flip it open. And right there, it tells you cherries with vanilla, slight honey, and a toast. And then you give it to someone, they go, oh, I give vanilla cherries. Well, yeah, because you just I don't think I've ever said I taste cherry in that. No, not in that, no. But I think it's sweet. Things can be sweet. But. I did go with my wife to Dairy Queen, and she got a cherry misty misty with a, a hit of the. Excuse me. Excuse, can you please explain what a cherry misty misty is? Well, it's like a, a misty misty is like a. Um, it's kind of like a liquid snow cone. It's a lot of little little bits a of slushy? ice. Like a slushy. Oh, okay. Misty, but they, misty. They call them a misty, misty, oh, but okay. it's, oh, it's cherry. Okay. okay. And then they they take that white soft ice cream in there, and I think the white ice cream plays down the sweetness of the cherry, and then you get a really nice thing. And, and she was looking at me like, do you want a bite of this? I'm like, not really. And then <laughs> she gave me one, and I was like, I, God damn, I got to say, that's not too bad. She goes, does that mean you would like another? And I said, yes, please. I think I will have another. As we're sitting in this new, what they call 2.5. I like this cigar so far. 
It's a little. It, it's fun because it's it's acting like it's gonna be this big, full strength cigar, but you're getting these great small play of flavors in it just just this far in. Like there's not really any spice to it, but it's doing that that like chili pepper kind of spice where it plays on the side. Well, this of your is tongue. what I would say about Luciano cigars. So from his Lux, the Fiat Lux, the Fiat, yeah. to the Sergeant, they all have, and I know this is going to sound kind of crazy, but they all have this kind of cool, laid-back um, release of flavors. I mean, they just, it like the spice doesn't hit you. You know there's just some really nice qualities in there that you're tasting. Yeah. Um. And what that is yet, I don't know. We're just getting going, so we're going yeah. to talk more about it. But And the box press doesn't, like, really, I don't know what you call it. It's not like a, it's a little rounded. Yeah, it's a box. box press, but it's not, it's not that, like, a brick it's or not a flat. Totally it's not, you're not, you're not getting corners on it, you know. Um, but, yeah, like, this thing is delivering, not, it's not even, like, big body, right? There's not crazy smoke coming out of the cigar. You guys see that? But it's delivering flavor like it's supposed to be this prominent bang, but it's not. You know, it's at least not yet. You know, that could change, but it's beautiful. Connecticut broadleaf wrapper. Um, I don't know the whole blend on it, but I do know he used vintage um, vintage seed. Obviously, not 20, 30 year old tobacco, but uh, 1992 Habano seed was used uh, inside the binder on this. So there is a, a very lineage, a, a long lineage seed that was used, create a special kind of tobacco. Um, but, you know, there's always that special place. It's always been for me with Luciano. I was the first one to bring him into the state. Um, as far as when he was with Just Ace Prime. Um, and then we got, we created such a great friendship. Then you've spent time with him over the years. And then, you know, really brought everyone into the limelight when he was here for the, uh, dinner with Lit Cigar Lounge and you know we all went to lunch and then we sat outside with, with Scooby Drew and it was his first time really actually seeing like remember I tried to explain it you, you were laughing because I was trying to explain it to the two guys but like even Dave Vane had seen it and I'm like you need to understand something we're going to smoke a lot today but it's going to be a learning experience you're never going to smoke a full cigar drill. in reality when you're finished you probably fucking smoke 15 cigars well, it's kind of like what, what i talk but, about doing the bourbon thing with the lazy susan yeah, you're just yeah. trying to get a feel for the taste of that you're not trying to finish it although you know at least that's the way it is with him i mean i think a cigar has a start a middle and an end somewhat Sometimes not, but I mean, there is a story to be told through the cigar. 100%. But um, you get a kind of a feel for, for what he's trying to do, at least when he's with you, because he's explaining it and breaking it down, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, I haven't thoroughly enjoyed every damn time I've been with yeah. him. And that's why, I mean, there's a very special place in our hearts with Luciano, because of those it's always been fun with me because I've been able to be there and watch those experiences that I've been able to share multiple times with him and different people and to see like the first time you did it like it it's so unique to see someone's mind just alter and change because like in the middle of like remember when he broke down Mil Dios right that we all started with Mil Dios we were smoking Mil Dios 
and then we smoked the filler. Then he bunched and we smoked a piloto of the, 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 the binder. Then we did the wrapper, right? And you're like, oh, you taste a little bit of this? Yeah, I got a little bit of that. And like, oh, did you get this? I'm like, I didn't get that. I got some of this. Then you put the cigar together. And just when we all smoked it after that, you could see. Everybody was like, oh, shit. It's a different world when you can break it down that way. You know, and that's why it's funny. You've seen me, I can, how I unroll cigars. Well, people are like, well, can you do it the same way? I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, those tobaccos, when he breaks them down like that, or when any blender or roller breaks them down like that, those tobaccos are aged to the point of when they're getting ready to be bunched or they're getting ready to be wrapped. You're not talking about a finished product when the tobaccos start marrying together, and then it ages, then you get it, right? Like, I couldn't imagine if we took the wrapper off this and rolled, like, five leaves and rolled them together, one, if we'd be able to keep the broadleaf together, or two, if it would even taste like anything without the entirety of the cigar. You know? Smoke is beautiful out of it. But, yeah, and it goes great with this toasted. It really does. Like, they body up against each other. They're, they're, they're with each other, but, again, it's like I almost feel like the cigar should be stronger and it's not but that's what i'm saying about his cigars he's got a cool way of how he mm-hmm. delivers his tobacco through his cigar it is it doesn't like knock you in the head or whatever it's just a small a smooth gradual um flavor profile that hits you um, that's what I love so much about the, um, the Fiat. I, I just love that as a morning cigar. Um, and then the Sargent is the same way. It's just got a smooth, maybe a little more spicy than this. But again, I'm only a half inch in, so yeah. we're going to get a chance to talk about yeah. this more. It does. But, even Oh, sorry about that. Even, even this, uh, this quickly into it, it's got a, a, a tongue clinging that's, that's just amazing. I enjoy very much. Like the flavor's holding your tongue. And then it's like, then when you drink the Penelope back, it seals it on. And then... Like a lacquer. I do think, even though I don't, I can't articulate it, um, when I smoke older tobacco, and I'm not saying that it has an antique um, flavor to it, but there's just something about an older tobacco that I can recognize. I can't probably articulate it, but that's what I was thinking I feel, I can see that, yeah. I think sometimes you, and see, and I, I think, again, that's not, I don't think that's a taste thing. I, I don't think, you know, like you say, saying it, putting it into words, speaking it forward, but just feeling older to Like, you can do it with a cigar you know, right? You know, it's like, and I've talked about that on Holy Cocktail all the time, just, you know, what it is, but it's even like with Las Calaveras. Like, when I go back and smoke a 17, it reminds me of what it was. Now, I smoked that one often enough that I can have that conversation, you know, but you can tell year after year that it's getting not older or it's, it's maturing or it's settling in. It's getting a, a longness to its taste, you know, which is, which is cool. It's fun. Well, I'm digging this. Glad you did this one. Mm-hmm. I did. I wasn't aware of this. Um, and by the way, I was going to talk about this because we are for the first time in this temporary 2.5, the new lid is just to the left of us and we're in this little inlet 
the thing that's so different about this place is it's white. Yes. Everything in here is white, like shiplac um, boards in here. Well, this is a and former there is, American Eagle. Okay, I yes. get that, right? Because you want to pump up all the colors. Yes. And yeah. I can just imagine clothes all over this thing. I, I, I would think there'd be some layered perfume still in here because I know those stores like pump right, in right, all these yeah. different cool perfumes. But um, there is a slight, and there's not a lot of smokers in here, but there is a slight... Um, I don't want to even say fog, but there is a dense like, well, so haze to the room. We, we did. We talked about that today. Um, I'm not 100% convinced that that is not smoke, but the explanation makes a lot of sense. When you see the low light, right, and then you see the dark paneling gray to that white, it's not that it's smoky in the room. It's that you're seeing the smoke rise. I would you agree with see. that. I would agree with that because the other room was dark. Yes. And this room is very white. Right. And um, and all of the lighting is very bright in yes. here. And, and I'm not talking about like a, a clinical white, but um, yeah, it's definitely a little different. Um, and if it is in fact your witness, I mean, you can actually up, see us on the screen. Yes, yes, you can. Yeah. Um, the lighting so I mean, as far as the lighting on our, uh, on the, and yes, that's a real pocket square. Okay. Yeah, I did notice that earlier. Daddy does it. Daddy does it right. Oh, fuck. Um. But yeah, it's 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 it, it, it truly that is what it is. You know, checking it out and seeing it go down like that is is fantastic. I think it's really cool to see it that way. Come say hi, Crazy Cuban. <laughs> oh, thanks, dude. Come say hi, Crazy Cuban. Crazy Cuban. Oh, all right, Ryan. There you go. I didn't know his name was Crazy. It's Crazy Cuban. Yeah, you could get a little. Somebody said pickleball. You probably could get a little pickleball. You got going cornhole back. going back there, and then I think we're gonna put a uh, swimming pool in the middle. I did see Travis so and the boys leaving out yeah. the back door. Yeah. Then I saw one of them come back through the back door. Mm -hmm. What's up, brother? How are you? I found your locker when we were moving them. Yeah. You're the only guy I know that drinks Booker's. <laughs> How are you, brother? Good. Yeah, I still have a bottle at home. Yeah, yeah. Pretty sweet, huh? Yeah. That's something. Crazy. Yeah. This is my partner, Steve Hodges, in Don't Craft and Craft. Oh, shit. <laughs> nice seeing nice you. So, yeah. yeah, check it out, man. Seating's great. Everything is cool. Um, Humidor's back there. Or Andrew will show it to you so you yeah. can see everything yeah. like that. Um, and yeah, everything still looks cool. Cool. Yeah. It was fun. I'm waiting for one other person, so I'm just like waiting around right to get here. Hell yeah, man. Oh, man. How long did it take to move everything? Uh, we moved it. Uh, so Dana and um, Dana, Brian, and some of the some of the uh, friends of theirs were moving liquor and stuff like that during the day on Tuesday. And then I brought my truck to the front uh, Tuesday night. And by about 1230, I'd say, we had the entire furniture moved. Okay. And then it was about 730 to 630 yesterday. Not so bad. not bad at all. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah, I'm just excited. tired, but it was cool. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. Well, I'm excited for that place to open up. So yeah. a lot more uh, variety. Yep, yep. It'll be fun. Now, square footage-wise, what we're seeing in here is it as big as this? Or no, 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 no. So this entire thing is 10,000 square feet, and we're. I, I think this is right. This may be skewed off a little bit. I think we're spread out in like 7,500 of it. 
but this the, is ten thousand square yeah, feet, yeah, including no, including the storage in the back, oh, the bathroom, all of that. Yeah, so Brian said, he said eight thousand. Oh, okay, there, okay, so eight thousand, and then we're going to be operating fully in fifty three hundred over yeah. there. So it's still, I mean, it's it's still open. I mean, if just, yeah. we just move it back like <laughs> to that wall, I think. It's like, like we're there. Three of the other yeah, yeah. And it's, it's custom from the floor to the damn outlet, so yeah. it'll, it'll be really cool. Uh, and took me over there a while back. Nice. Tried, so I, nice. Cool. I was like, man, yeah. Well, welcome to the locker club, homie. I know, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. I'm actually uh, waiting tomorrow. I have a box coming in of uh, Room 101s, the 13th. Mm -hmm. Yeah, big labels. Yeah. Waiting yeah. for those to show up. Right on, man. Because uh, I called around and no one had any of them around here. No nope. The only booth account big enough would have been crew and he didn't get Because even the hill, they're like, oh, we have this and this. Because I called, I was like, I'd never go to them, but we called to see. Yeah. And they were like, oh, we have this and this, but we don't have that. I was like, so I found them online. I was like, there you go. Right on. All right, well, I'll catch up. We're done, yeah. All right, it's cool to say what's up to our buddies. Um, where were we at? I dropped that. Yeah, well, we had some... Where were we at? Um, I have no idea. And it, it's not important. Oh, we were talking about the, the, the haze, you see. And, and what oh, yeah, I was yeah. saying about that is, like, if it truly is that... Um, and there's a good... There, uh, Scooby Drew actually made a good point when we were talking about it. He's like, you know, you've been in smoky lounges. I'm like, yeah, my eyes don't hurt. He's like, well, yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, that guy's a good point. You know, if, if it's truly smoky in a room, you feel it in your eyes first. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um... But it's cool, it gives it that, like, secret lounge haze, you know? It's it's incredibly unique, I think. and it's cool, man. And it's, like, coming into this space, literally retrofitting, and nothing was altered in this building, nothing. The yeah, walls I mean, you see, the lights you see, not a damn thing was changed, it just got retrofitted to fit, you know? <laughs> It's wild. Yeah, I mean, just for having a temporary space to move into, I mean, I think it, how you guys laid it out, it's really well. I mean, it'll serve the purpose for this transformation and uh, until the new one. It's ready. cool, and it's, it's kind of unique, you know what I mean? Because, no, it's not the final spot, but, like, being here all day, working, it's, it's new. You know what I mean? It's... It's new. Even though you know it's not the final destination, it's, you know, and then watching watching everyone walk in. You know what I mean? Like, you'd think, the way people walked in, like, my members are walking in and stuff, dude, you would have thought we'd been closed for two months, and it was like, oh, boy, we're back. But technically, if you're talking business hours, we were closed for 10 hours. <laughs> that's fantastic. You know what I mean? Like, literally. I think that's it's it. smart. It's great. Um, and then pop it open today, you know. And it was cool. And I got to say this, with that move happening, the way we just kind of did it, very minimal issues with anything. You know what I mean? I guess I'm impressed with the TVs are up, they're working, and you know how that can be a pain yep. in the ass. Yep. But it seems like all the TVs and all the electrical... Well, that's got to go to Dana and Brian. Like, they, they scheduled this... Those, like, especially like that, like the, the internet. Because, you know, like, your, your, your POS system can't work without the internet anymore. You know what I mean? So even even if you were like now, granted these systems now can work offline, and then they'll batch when your internet comes up. You don't want to risk losing any data from you know. Say you have, say you do, and these are just 
fake numbers. I'm throwing shit out, okay, guys? Like, say you do $10,000 in credit card in a day, right? But you're offline. What happens if one of those, there's an error in, in 20 of those charges don't match through? That could have been the biggest 20 charges, you know? So you got to make sure the internet's up. And Dana and Brian literally scheduled the whole thing. I mean, it was cool, you know? Like, when we were moving everything Wednesday, the DirecTV was in here, Mountain TVs. They were, or, yeah, I think it's Direct, whatever it is. Getting it dropped in, setting that whole thing up. HVAC guys were doing their thing. They finished the HVAC uh, this morning before the doors open. Uh, and everything's just been cruising. Yeah. You know? Um, it is. It, there's a sound in here. It'd be interesting to see how the podcast comes over. There is a little bit more of a warehouse uh, sound to it. But as far as it is right now, we're actually, it's kind of an L shape. We're back in the high side of the L, and the lower side of the L is up by the retail where the, the, the um, liquor is and the TVs. So we're kind of back here, but it's a great spot. And isn't it crazy? You know, there is not, there are, okay, in full, there are two bottles that are on that bar that were not on that bar in the previous spot. How much bigger does that bar look? Is it? Did you take a tape measure to it? No, no, no. In length, yes. I'm talking quantity. Yeah. It just looks like there's so many more it bottles. It looks like you've got about, I want to say about three, four more feet to the right. Yeah. Oh, there. linear? Oh, shit, yeah. But it just, everything is connected together, so it all looks bigger. But And where did that bar come from? Th- that's, that's that's just the old retail. The retail? The, yeah. they, they hung like... Uh, to-go bags and and promo stickers and, you know, like the security clips on clothes. Now, is there something scheduled to be in here at some point too yet? As of now, I'm going to assume no because we're in here. Um, But we'll see, you know. It just, construction didn't finish in the the permanent location in time um, and construction began on four hands today, you know, so... Uh, again, Brian and Dana worked it out, found a spot we could be in um, to do this. Because you know, in all, in all reality, and in, 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 uh, probably in a, I guess we're in a bit more perfect world than you would think. Uh, how many times have you heard about a business that's waiting on a build out, or even talk about someone building a home? Right, you're, you're waiting on your home to be built, and your lease runs out where you're living. And we all know how that you goes. you you can't just be like, oh shit, hey, give me a few more months. It's cool. No, nah, bro, someone else is coming in here. Things are going on. You know, and again, with their their intuition, problem solving, handling the issue at hand, they got it set up, they found a space, and for that to happen, and you lost ten hours of business. That's it. Love and it. then you're bumped in, and everything's cruising now. And it's cool because you know. Yeah, I I think it's great. Yeah, the, so it's nuts. Whatever the period is that this lasts before we're in the next one, I think this is going to be fun. Yeah. So much room for I know. You want to play with your ninja swords? Pardon me? You want to play with your ninja swords? <laughs> we just become best friends? Yes. <laughs> um... But uh, yeah, for sure, definitely. It'll be it'll be really cool. And then it's it's actually kind of a fun play out, right? Because this is new. You know, when you look at it, this, is nothing like what the lounge was. And then once you move into the permanent one, if you're a customer here, it's like you get to see. I'm gonna you get to see three phases. You've got the original where you've been since October of 19, 
now we're, we're here and we'll be here for you know however long it takes to finish you know I, I'm, I'm not privy to that I don't know but however long it takes to finish and then you hit the permanent spot with the custom build out the full finish the expanded humidor all the new companies coming in you know things like that you know it'll be it'll be really fun all right well all right so, so we we're going to come back to the cigar, cigar right we're just getting we're about it up both of us are about an inch inch and a half in so we'll come back to that there has been something has transpired since the last time we had our podcast and we have had the afc championship and the one-legged man pulls it off yeah the chiefs going to super bowl i ordered yeah. a flag for the flagpole of the super bowl oh fantastic yep yes and i got you something cool <laughs> I'm actually pretty excited about it. It's pretty dope. Uh, so, the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl against the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, I got to tell you, I initially thought, of course we all did, the Niners-Philadelphia game was going to be much closer. But Purdy Do you know the best? got hurt on, am I thinking wrong, the fourth or sixth? Yeah, it was second uh, set of downs. Or second something? set of downs. Yeah. Oh my God. The best headline <laughs> I saw for that was "Purdy Bad Luck in San Francisco." <laughs> P U R D Y. His "Purdy Bad Luck." It was funnier than shit. It, it was. It was hilarious. Um, yeah, that that game was a little bit of a letdown because I do. I firmly believe that if Purdy was still in that game, that game. I'm not saying they would have won. I'll never do that. But it would have been a much tighter game. Much tighter game. Um, Chiefs, Chiefs, Bengals game. I know. I love. I love when fans, when people do this, when this shit happens. That that replay on third down that everybody was pissed about, right? Uh, You know, look. If that had gone the other way, people would be pissed in the other direction, right? Uh, it was just like when we beat the Bengals. Are you talking about on the on the third the down? Holmes run. Yes. So I, no, 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 no. That no, that was after that. On that third down, they had that incomplete pass and went to fourth and nine. Then the ref came out and said to replay on the down because the play clock had started running before the time clock. Now you can't have those two things off sync with each other because that's that's how. So say the play clock's going ten seconds before the time clock starts. You know, and you're a quarterback, you look up and you go, oh shit, you missed the ball? That's a delay of game, right? So you can't have an, a, a proposed penalty without reason for the penalty, right? Yeah. Um, so, and that's what's funny too, is like the ref comes out and says that and everyone's booing and then they turn the camera angle back and if you watch, when they get set up and the ref blows the whistle for the ball to snap, there's a ref on the sideline running out, waving his hands to stop and they hike the ball anyway. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it was, it was, it's, and it's fine. It's in the rules. Same thing happened when the Chiefs beat the Bills, and with 13 seconds left in overtime, right? It, and they won by three. And they won by three. Yeah. And this time we won by three. The last mm-hmm. seconds. It, it's that. I'm just saying it's that competitive between these two teams, and those quite possibly were the two best best teams played. And we came out out ahead on this time. And our and defense was just. Monster! They got on Doing it early, their business, and they needed man, to, and they did not stop. It was fantastic. But I also want to give some kudos to uh, the DBs because they always talk about our DBs being young and whatever. Well, I I'm going to take a little credit away from them because that ball Jamal Chase caught, 
there was a safety and a corner, and neither one of them got vertical on that ball. But I'm saying overall, they did a pretty damn good job that game of, of taking care of those guys. Yeah. And they're going to catch some balls. I mean, these guys are the top in the league. They're going to catch some freaking balls. They are. Um, I but I was, keep talking. I was just really happy with them. And, um, you know, you can't say enough about Pacheco. That guy just runs his ass off. And... Um, and then we were we were missing uh, a few other um, of our receivers. Um, I don't know if it was Hardman and um, Juju, and I'm hoping that these guys will be. I, I was saying we were were we missing Hardman and Juju? Yeah, Hardman came in for he caught that one ball, and then re-injured himself, and then Juju. Yeah, Juju caught Juju caught one. I didn't even think they were then, but anyway, that's well, how crazy. It now was. they got they got two weeks to work it out, or they're in there two weeks working it out. You know, <laughs> Mahomes at eighty percent is is a nightmare in his own right. You know, Kelsey's going to work it out. It's that team. The cool thing is that the Chiefs are going to come in, maybe not a hundred percent, but at least 93 percent healthy. I think, and it's it's going to be a, a bang, man. But here's the thing I, I wanted to say is I I enjoyed listening to all the banter for a day, day and a half. And I just got to say that the Chiefs, even though Philadelphia um, didn't have much of a game against the Niners, um, the Chiefs need to win this game. I mean, yes. all tens and purposes, if they are who they say they are and who people think they are, this they need is, to win this Super Bowl. This is a, a, a franchise statement game. It has to be. It, it is. No, this this solidifies, you know, uh, you, you know I'm not one of these crazy record guys. Like, I've said this before, nobody will ever beat Tom Brady as far as Super Bowls go because the guy played football in three different eras of football, okay? You're not going to beat it. But when you look at yardage, completions, playoff games, things like that, Mahomes is – on a vertical growth to surpass it and beat it, right? But none of that matters if you've got the most regular season throwing yards and touchdowns to interception ratio of anybody when you look at the fact that you've been to, say you say you go to six Super Bowls and you won one. But you would think you know, that Burroughs, Allen, Mahomes, they got another 10 years in. Yeah. You and would then, but, certainly but, think that. Eight to 10 years. No, months. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I see Mahomes playing older, right? His game will change, but the game's going to change anyway. You know what I mean? It does. Um, but they have they have to win, and, and I firmly believe. I firmly believe if that defense comes out the way they played against Cincinnati, our receiving core is healthy. If Pacheco keeps his knees up and McKinnon's running in the flat. It's not going to be a Wally Wampin. Yeah, but the but, defense has to come back with that same vigor and well, pump well, you that saw they what did. happened, right? Joe Burrow was never afraid of the Chiefs' defense. No, you get sacked four times in a game. Your head start, you start going, oh shit. You start thinking, and you want to stop Justin Fields from running all over the fucking place? Clap him a couple of times. Hit him a couple of times. 
<laughs> he, yeah. he, he will very quickly stop trying to Michael Vick all over the place. I've always said this about Mahomes. I've watched all these other quarterbacks when they when they come out of the pocket and there's somebody chasing them. They all look like they're a little frantic. Oh shit! <laughs> I never noticed that about Mahomes. I mean, he always has a sense about him, like he's got eyes in the back of his head. Well, you're also talking about the guy that knows where the line of play is, where where the forward pass line is, and will run all over a field and throw that ball, lean forward with his body and throw the ball before his feet pass that line. You know what I mean? But I read a little something right before we started that says that run. Um, you know, when they're going to get in place for a field goal, yeah. he was running at 18 miles an hour, yeah. which is the fastest they've ever seen him run. Remember when I told you? <laughs> and he's got a bad wheel. Well, this is what I'm saying. I told you, I know it's I know it's messed up, but I was like, I'm telling you, I don't think he's as hurt as they say he is. He probably loves that. He was just holding that shit. And they, he knew, I, I think he knew, when he was running that line, somebody was going to try and hit him. Up. You knew they were. He knew that. So that's why he, when he, he stepped out, left that foot in, and then pulled his foot out and leaned forward, because he had it. He saw it coming and knew he had the, he had the flag. It was done at that point. There was another Nothing crucial play where I don't remember the receiver, but Mahomes restructured the play, called it off at the last minute because he knew they were coming, and he got the ball to somebody right about linebacker level, and they stopped him right at the down marker that was Juju and, and Juju sticks over. the ball yeah. out just yeah. enough to before get before his knee down. hits the ground yeah. that was a big difference maker yeah that was a big difference maker well that's just evolution and, and knowing where you're at on, on a field and, and you would expect that are. out of pro guys yeah you, sure, you certainly should they're getting paid yeah. enough to know where the hell they are on the field and that's that's 100% professional level fucking play right there that's that's crazy now, Purdy did, now that they came out with what he's got, he's got some sort of fucking elbow. Well, he completely tore his, I'm not sure the ligaments in the elbow, he, like surgery. He's in surgery. But he, the, the reason he couldn't throw is because he couldn't feel his fingers. Well, the tendon was gone, so he didn't right. have any grip. That's yeah. kind of like I have, have uh, blown my Achilles, and even though it doesn't hurt, you've got no, you've got no lift. You've got nothing. Um, it, it's crazy. Anyway, fantastic game. We're in the big dance, and I'm looking forward to next week. Um, I will be in Florida with the palm trees, and I'll be coming in hot Sunday morning. Right on, uh, baby. Four days. I mean, I think we get in at 10:30 or 11, and then headed out west the Vikings uh, Super Bowl party and uh, yeah it's going to be this next week is going to be crazy it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun it's going to be a lot of fun yeah Um, Super Bowl is going to be it's exciting it's always fun to have to get together and watch it but it's you know we haven't you know last time we watched the Chiefs in the Super Bowl we had a great time doing it man it's it's always an interesting time, you know, because we, we smoked well, all the cigars. Last time was in your garage. Yeah, in our yeah. We smoked all the cigars. We, 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 we drink. We have fun. Everybody brings food. I cook food. Or, sorry, I shouldn't say I cook. I smoke food. I can't cook. I can grill. There's a difference. Um, and we do all that. It's just a fun time together. But And we do it every Super Bowl. It's not like we're not together in the Super Bowl. But it's so much more fun when your team is in the Super Bowl. 
You know what I mean? Because like when we're watching the Super Bowl, it's like when it, it's not the Chiefs, it's like, oh, whatever. Like, okay, cool. You know, I think the only thing we agreed on is we didn't want Joe Burrow to win last year. <laughs> no, and they really But did. then there was that argument. It was like, it's the fucking Rams. Like, do you want Cronky to win? No, man, but, but it happened, you know. But the Burrows, uh, the whole banter was since Cincinnati really backfired on them, too. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, how do you... <laughs> Look, I know sports fans are sports fans, and it is a lot of fun to talk shit. That's, I think that's like the second most important thing in a sport other than playing the game. Just talking shit. You're a Boston guy, so you know right. all about Exactly. It. You talk shit. That's what you do. Yeah, even when you're losing, that's when you talk more shit. Because one day you'll win, and it's going to amount to something. But um, uh, the mayor of a city trying to pump up and, and start talking shit to a quarterback... Popularity contest, the quarterback's more popular. Important role in society, maybe have something better to talk about than football. <laughs> yeah, I thought you guys just, just traded some like toasted raviolis for whatever they do at right. Cincinnati. Go on. Which man. I have no clue. Um, but either way, it was really good. And we did all of this at Winty's. And for the Winty's girls down there and everything, they really took care of us. That was a fantastic Thank place. You. That damn tent, they kept it at probably 70, 75. It was nice. It's crazy. Drinks man. were flowing. The food is, was always good. It was great. Yeah, if you guys are ever out in the West County or the St. Louis area at all and you stop by and see Craft Brewer, if you guys let us know you're here, we'll always take you to these spots. Like, we'll bring you to Lit. We'll take you to Crew. We'll, we'll take you to all our, our crowds, Cigar Vault, Bootleggers. Like, we'll take you everywhere that we go. And there's some food spots that, you know, we're not taking you to steak dinner. We ain't doing that. But we'll take you to these fun food spots. And... When we found, not that we found Wendy's, I think it was the first time we podcasted there. We found out we could podcast there. The crew there is, they're phenomenal. Like every one of them is, is great. But they, they have some of my favorite bar foods. Like it's food you can find anywhere, right? Pretzels, wings, queso dip, little tacos. What did you have? You, you remember? Know. Yeah, we got pretzel bites and then I got uh, wings. Janine got a Philly, and of course, I'm not paying attention to anything, and she's like, oh, honey, there's a half a Philly there, and I bit into that thing, and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I devoured that. That but was they damn do. good. You know, I don't think there's anything on that menu that's more expensive than $26. That might be their, their cuts of, of steak, you know, but the way they present, but I'm just talking the bar foods. They got a, you want a greasy-ass fun cheeseburger? Order it. You know, but like when you look at wings, toasted raviolis, mozzarella sticks, you know, those things you get in every single bar you go to, they're the best. They're the best. Like you look forward to it. I do. And, and I it is the great. Hell out of it. And we, you know, you know we, pod, we podcast there. Um, you can smoke in the tent, which is awesome. Um, I wish we had Jimmy Gim on the podcast. Maybe we'll need We got to get him. Gim one. Yeah. Because I would have liked to have heard from him, and I've been to three or four of them this year. Um, how it was in the parking lot, and of course I know. Well, so I told you I I was talking to a, one of the guys comes here. Is a, his family has been ticket holders since I guess the inception of the Chiefs or whatever, and uh, they got emails. And I wanted to ask Jim about this. They got emails from the player or the fan, whatever, that invited them if they were tailgating to park Saturday night and stay. 
Ooh, because I they were like they were like or telling you by 9 a.m. Sunday you're not getting in this parking lot. I'll have to ask Jim. Yeah, about ask that. Jim about that. that. I don't know. That could be complete bullshit, but no, I know it there guys sense. some with some big rigs. The two hundred, the quarter million dollar. Well, guys, the, the guys on and uh, spend the night. They get some the guys sort of on uh, uh, the the Chiefs were sharing it. I guess I know Gim does cooking. There's some guys that have old school buses they converted to the, the, the Apache Chiefs thing. No, I'm um, talking about the big those rigs. guys. Those guys were dollar parked gigs. parked in front of the gates on like Friday. Wow. And I'm like, dude, I get it. I understand. I mean, it would have been so cool to be at that game. Would have been great. Phenomenal. But I, I I get it, man. I mean, that's a – and I would love – if we did that, i have to rent an RV and park it. Because like, then we could party all day, go to the game, and then just party outside the RV and then go in and go to sleep. Well, either way, it went uh, Kansas City's way and uh, so excited about it. Uh, by the way, just a quick little thing. I uh, was buzzing around on the TV the other night, and you know they've got this new um, like ops contest, whatever. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Adam, um, um, Adam uh, Armandola. I'm probably saying that wrong. Or Amandola. Amandola is on there. Nice. And um, that guy's been with a lot of guys. I mean, he's been with the Lions. Well, he was the a hot shot at the, the Patriots. Yeah, uh, but he was good Danny with the Amendola. Chiefs. I think they hired his dad to do fitness training. Was because Amendola had such a fitness regimen. He's about five eleven. I'm not sure exactly what his weight is, but the guy was physically fit, like a crazy guy and quick. And um, so I know he's with the Chiefs, Miami. Or I'm, I'm sorry, not the Chiefs. He was with the Rams, Detroit, the Patriots, Miami, and I may have left one out. But I think but, all that was post. Was he with the Jets? I don't think so. They have it was Miami, Patriots, Rams, Detroit. Um, and I don't know how long his career is. I don't even know if he's done. Um, but Oh, yeah, he's retired. Okay. Anyway, I, I thought he was an inspiration for smaller backs. Um, and I really thought the Patriots um, used wow, smaller he, he backs. Was, wow, he was only with the Patriots for four years. He was in the Cowboys, Eagles, Rams, Patriots, Dolphins, Lions, the ones I remember. I forgot. Yeah. Anyway, hell of a hell of a good running back. And yeah. not only a running back, but I would call it flare back. Uh, catch of the ball receiver. Yeah, yeah with those multi-thread assets. Um, yeah, so that toasted was great with this cigar. The cigar is giving me this funny taste. Not not bad. I don't mean bad, but there's... I'm trying to put the word against it, but it's not... What's the filler on these? Uh, it's... I think it's Dominican. Nicaragua, well, that's what I was kind of thinking. There's a bunch. There's, there's quite a variety of tobacco in this cigar. Um, I could look it up if you want, but uh, the construction is flawless. The draw on it is absolutely beautiful. And you see there, I just took barely the cap off. Like it's 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 holding, and it smokes so well. And this box press is not. Actually, this is what I'll say. I'm not it looks. That. It looks. 
this doesn't smoke like a box press. That's what I'm trying to say. My issue has always been with box press. I've talked about this before on the podcast is that I understand why they're bunched that way. I get the idea behind it, make it easier draw, more even burn. I get it. But a lot of box press that you cut, they breathe too easily. And what I mean by that is nobody likes a tight cigar where you're trying to suck a golf ball through a garden hose. Nobody likes that, right? But you also don't want a cigar where I always joke like it smokes itself. You know, you've, you've seen someone that has a cigarette, right? And, and this isn't an argument against cigarettes, not doing that. They'll smoke it and set it on the ashtray. Then you go back to the ashtray and you see that it's burnt itself down, right? Like it's, there's just an ash on it hanging off of it. Cigars won't do that, but a lot of box press cigars give me that feeling. Like it's just so easy to draw on the cigar. Well, isn't that what that the whole you, box press has been designed? Well, to do? yeah, it's designed as a box press so that one, it burns more even; two, it's easier to draw; and three, the amount of air that comes through it cools the smoke down, so you can taste. The idea is that you can taste the tobacco better, right? But. That being said, it's not fun when, you know, you want to draw on a cigar, right? You know, when you look at this cigar right now, it's burning from the, the front end of the cigar, the foot of the cigar. Now that I pulled through it, there's a little smoke that's coming out of the cap, right? Then that settles out and goes away. You don't want smoke consistently coming up out of this cap, right? You know? Yes, it's great when the tobacco is cool, but that's where your smoking speed comes into play and you can settle yourself down and cool the tobacco down yourself. But to get back on track, this does not smoke like a box press cigar at all. This smokes more like any other regular Vitola or size. It, you, you have to grasp it, you have to draw through it, and then you let the smoke go, you know? And I like, again, this is a personal thing, I like when, I don't like hot smoke, right? When you're smoking too fast and you're burning your tongue. But I like when the smoke comes in, and you know you hold it for a moment. And then when you let it out, it's cooling as it leaves. Then you start tasting that way. It's almost like you, you're, yeah, that was about to be a very bad analogy. Like you warm something up, and then you cool it. Okay, you have a hot tub. Everybody's been in a hot tub. Been in a hot tub when it's cold outside? Yes. Okay, you know how you'll sink down in the hot tub, and then you perch yourself up for a moment? You get real cool, then you sit back down, you get that tingling, warm feeling. That's what I like in the smoke. When you draw the smoke in, it's that tingling, warm feeling. Then when you let it go, that's that pop up out of the hot tub or out of the hot water, you know? I like that. I like the natural cooling of the cigar. Uh, that's not a dig on anybody or anything. I mean, I, com I completely agree. And I but think, I it's think that's what unique. I was talking about from the very beginning that he's good at is this is a very consistent um, cool smoke. And what I mean by cool is it's not burning hot. It's not, it's just the delivery of the smoke and the flavor. It's just so consistent that it's just smooth. And it, the only way I can explain it is it's kind of like bourbon. Um, you know, there's a lot of bourbon that you drink it goes down quick it's gone and whatever but this seems to have a very nice cool draw to it and you get the flavors through and there's nothing hitting you hard it's just a really nice smooth um finish to this whole thing yeah and i'm gonna say something strange about this cigar that i don't think i've said about any other cigar 
Strength-wise, I'm going to give this on, on my palate, and I'm, I'm going to probably speak for you as well. It's a, a medium, maybe, you know. Um, but it smokes like a very strong cigar. It puts off these flavors that some of them, I'm, I'm, it's hard finding words for. I do mean that. Um, and I think that's because I'm so in depth with Luciano. Is, is I'm trying to draw from past experiences, and I probably shouldn't be doing that. Um, but it 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 holds up. It's, it's a very complicated cigar, you know. Like we've talked in bourbon and cigars, like you said about those those ones where, you, and I enjoy them every now and then. There's quite a few that'll do it where you you, you sip the whiskey, big boom full flavor. You drink it down, gone. It's kind of cool, right? Sometimes it's fun that way. Uh, now we are more prone to the lingering taste and the, the retro and everything like that. But there's one cigar I'll say that does that for me that I, I know we have, the Fratello Inverso. Um, it is, what I love about that cigar, the Toro size, is it is just a medium strength, medium bodied cigar. It's got great flavor in it, but every time you draw it in, you taste it, it comes in, the smoke goes out, and it doesn't go away, but your palate's almost neutral again. So it's like every time you take a draw, you're tasting it again, and something changes. You know, the most recent whiskey we did that with was Mark Sutherland, the, the Stolok whiskey, right? That 100 proof Stolok that, that he just released out of Union. You sip it down, flavor, kind of, whoa, is that scotchy? Is that rye? Is that bourbon? Gone? And then you're like, okay, well, let's try it again, you know, because it goes away. It makes it fun to pair with or to play with or to enjoy. The other nice thing about this cigar is I feel like it's not drying my palate out. It's like my um, mouth, my tongue, everything is still wet. And when I bring air into my mouth, there's still a really cool, um, and, you know, it's not like a menthol, but I mean, there's still a really cool, when I bring air in and out of my mouth, it's really cool. My mouth is not dried out and um, yeah, again, articulation, may not have it but that's kind of what i'm experiencing yeah it's really but see and this is this is a fun thing to really talk about when it comes to and it's actually the next subject i want to bring up but before i ask you this question uh, i'm going to run off and then i will be right back to ask you this question hey guys ffk here make sure to tune into every episode of craft and boodle and don't forget that ask listeners you guys receive a 15 percent discount on the entire order when you shop at my store promo code craft boodle 15 once again, Craft Boodle 15. Make sure you follow me at Instagram at FFK underscore stands so you can receive that discount. And once again, thanks for listening and thanks for enjoying the podcast. Okay, so when it comes to articulation, right? So you're an artist, okay? And you, you are a goddamn good artist. Don't shake your head at me and tell me no. No, don't, don't be subtle about it. The guy's an asshole. He's a fucking wizard <laughs> when it comes to the whole painting thing. He's like, he's like, oh, you want to see some of my stuff? And I'm like, hey, you want to see this drawing I did when I was like three? This little stick figure dinosaur with a really big leg, you know? Um, but he's an artist, right? So when it comes to talking about a cigar or talking about a bourbon, right? It, it doesn't always have to be, you know, you've used prime examples like when we've talked. Like when you talked, you brought the Lazy Susan thing that we now talk about all often, almost every podcast 
that scenario comes up because it's so relative to everything that we do, right? You joke because I can speak all these Spanish cigar names, right? Um, but also in that sense, I can't speak conversational Spanish, right? Can I get by a little bit? Sure, but do I know names of cigars or pronunciation of cigars and tobaccos? Yes, right? Now, you can draw anything up and you can do all that. Articulating, yes, I know the, the word means speaking, use of vocal, but isn't there expression be a better word? Whereas when I'm smoking this cigar and then I'm sipping that whiskey and I taste this and I say this, right? But then how many times have we done this same thing where you'll say, uh, actually the number one term that we still use that comes to mind was the dusty thing. <clears throat> I think you said it was like uh, addicts. You said something that turned into dusty. It was addicts or something. Now we use it all the time, right? So is it important when you're actively smoking the cigar in conversation um, or you're drinking the spirit in conversation, is it more important in that moment to articulate or speak what you're tasting to the point? Or is it more the experience or effect that you had in that moment that, that renders or sticks around? I think it's just all the above. I, I just think articulation is just having a clear thought and being able to speak about what you're thinking um, with your experience. With And again, this is something that not everybody does, but me and you are trying to articulate what we are uh, tasting and the flavors that are coming out of the cigars as well as us drinking... Um, and articulating how that's affecting the cigar and how the bourbon is and how we're tasting the bourbon and putting both of those together, which is a little bit different than some other podcasts too. I think that's what's, what makes us a little different, not to mention our crazy-ass banter, but we oh, yeah, are always kind of pairing a cigar with a particular bourbon or whiskey or spirit and um, it, it's nothing more than just being to have and articulate clear thoughts about what we are tasting, feeling, and the environment and everything that's going on because God knows we're in a lot of different environments. And it, it's, it's the whole package that we are dealing with that we're talking about, I think. Yeah, no, I, I agree. That's why I wanted to ask that because, you know, I brought this topic up the other day I was sitting with some, with some close people to us that we know, and somebody asked me this question. Um, I won't be able to... Oh, how did that go? Oh, oh it says, does it ever get annoying talking about cigars? And I went, well, for me, no, it does not. Like, I love this shit. Like, I, I really do. It's, it's fascinating because every day there's something new, there's something you haven't had, there's something this, and I've said this, you've heard me say this a million times. The moment you think you've got tobacco figured out, you just became the most ignorant person in the room. Right, because this shit changes over and over and over and over. And I said, you know, one thing I do miss, I think, um, is you've heard me say this before too. The best thing that ever happened for the cigar industry was the internet. The worst thing that ever happened for the cigar industry was the fucking internet. Right? Yeah. But whatever happened, and we're good about it. We 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 do it's it. It's kind of a deal with the when, devil. When we're not doing this, or we're not in a lounge setting with with Craft Imperial cigars. We are very good at it, and that's why one of the reasons I've always enjoyed when we just sit around and smoke, right? Whatever happened to just smoking a cigar and hanging out with your friends? 
or just smoking a cigar and having a drink and it's good or it's not. Where did that go? You know, in a professional in a professional capacity, yes, I have to maintain that. And yes, you you have to be a part of that because you're trying to present an experience to somebody, right? You need yeah. to be able to do that. That's if that's not what you were doing, nobody would own a lounge and nobody would come to a lounge and, and, and pay you, right? It just wouldn't happen. Um, but when you're just hanging out, like you're just sitting down, like I always love seeing people, it doesn't matter what lounge we go into, you see people sitting down and the last thing they're talking about is the blend in the cigar, who made the cigar, why they know the cigar, what they know about the factory, uh, history of this, history of that, yada, 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 right? What happened to those times? And maybe I just don't see it unless it's, it's, it's with, with us and, our, and our, our friends and family and stuff, but whatever happened to just smoking a cigar? You know, like we did it in Key West. Like, yeah, we did the podcast when that was done. It's like, you ever had this? No. Remember when we bought that little house thing they had that was that was the torpedo that had the Corona inside the torpedo? Remember right. that? Right. And we smoked all that thing after that. We were at the little Mexican place smoking on it. Just smoking. Just having a good time. You know? Well, I think another good thing that we do, and, and, and I've said this, I, I thought many times is, is... Um, being open-minded about everything. I mean, um, I think once you say, like, this is the best cigar, this is this, this is that, I know this, I know that, we don't know shit. And if you say you don't know shit, and we're just experiencing cigars and bourbon, and we're talking about it, then the world becomes much bigger because you're opening your mind to different tobaccos, different flavors. With any spirit or whatever we're doing, we're experiencing, we're, we're navigating, we're, we're on an adventure um, with these podcasts and doing that. We're not necessarily promoting, we're not necessarily um, saying this is, this we do a little bit of education on basic things that we know um, that are working and we talk about it, but overall it's an adventure. It's, it, it's like just getting to experience this cigar for the first time, bourbons. And even if we've had the bourbon before, everybody knows like this bourbon isn't the same bourbon that we drank, you know, two or three years ago, right. especially if it's a new bottle or whatever, everything's a new experience. So be open-minded. That keeps you open to learning and, and stimulating yourself to new tastes, new profiles, new everything. And I think as long as you do that, I mean, man, the world's your oyster. You can really enjoy and grow and experience things. Um, and I think that's uh, I think that's a plus for us. And I think we 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 do that. I think that's why people that listen to uh, the podcast. I think that's what they enjoy because. We're definitely like, and not the end all on all of this. We're no, we're no. just uh, laying out there and articulating what we're experiencing in our little adventure every week of having a good cigar. And, and sometimes they're bad, sometimes the bourbon's bad or whatever, but we're just articulating the best way we can our experience and our adventure with whatever we're doing. But yeah, I, I agree completely. It's just, I, I, w- I want to see that more, man. You know, it's, it's, to what I said about the internet being great is, you know, you go back to, you know, 2000, right? 2000, 2010, you had Cigar Aficionado as a publication, okay? 
And I would be willing to bet that 80% of cigar smokers didn't have that magazine subscription, you know? Um, it was hard then, but I think there was a beauty to it then where you would get a cigar. And that's obviously when the box whoring and label whoring came out, when you made them so dramatic that your eyes drew to them. You know, there's a method to that, right? There's probably some study somewhere. Um, but people would pick up a cigar. You'd grab a cigar. You'd try a cigar. you do something different. Or you'd find your favorite and you'd smoke on it, right? But then what happened with the internet is now there are very, there are actually, there's quite a few very, very good non-biased places to go read about cigars where they, the, the, the information is 100% factual they bring in. Like they're, the, the data they're using is from the company itself, right? Um, and, but then you have like the reviewing thing, you know? Um, that's like when we started this podcast, it's like, dude, we're not doing cigar reviews. Like, not going to be that guy, right? Because people are susceptible. People are moldable. People are, you know, I've told the story before, too. Like, I've talked about why I don't like um, Acid 20. I'm like, there's, like, way too much chocolate in it. And it's got this crazy bitter sweetness. And someone's like, well, damn, I like salty You don't like chocolate. That, but I'm not saying That's what I'm saying. Somebody in that conversation, like that. the guy looked at me and went. We're only talking about our palates, and it's going to affect everybody In this example, the guy looked at me and said, you mean, like, salted dark chocolate? I'm like, I, I didn't say that. He goes, like three of them. I went, all right, well, there's something to think about. Like, you learned something just now. Okay, it's not just about you. It's everyone is different. And everyone, and even at that point, I was just up to, I'm like, well, okay, wow. If I, maybe I should go find some dark chocolate that's salted and eat it. And I like the cigar, you know? Yeah. It didn't work out that way. The chocolate was good, the cigar was not. But, you know, um, I, I just wanted, I want people to remember that you can just do that. You can just have a cigar sit down and fucking kick it man like it, it, it's cool to always get new ideas from people and to like listen to a tobacconist get a suggestion and stuff like that but just smoke a fucking cigar dude like that's what they're there for they're there for you to enjoy you know if it's a bad cigar that's gonna happen right it's gonna happen if you like every single cigar you've ever smoked and you're like a variety jumper I'm, I'm happy for you you're, you're solid you know but doesn't matter so there's my rant on that well, anyway, okay, so what are we doing now? So, this particular bottle, now, in, in saying that, probably this year, or I, I want to say it was spring of last year, you had the opportunity to go down to Peerless, and you had the opportunity to try this double oak. And this is a Peerless double oak, and... Um, well, if you guys remember that podcast, it was the first time was I was down three in, shoot, Grafton, in Grafton, at, at, at Three Shoot. Um, and I had I had talked all about the the Corky meeting at Peerless and everything like that, and um, uh, when I was in there, I got out. I picked up like four or five bottles out of their 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 store, and I'm checking out, and I see that there's this one box, and it says Peerless Double Oaked on the side, and I was like, Ooh, what are those? And they explained this story where they had they had a barrel that had exposed or looked like a leak was coming. So they pulled it out, put it in a new barrel, put it up, checked it, and they were like, wow, first ever double oak peerless is done. And they, they were able to bottle X amount of bottles. And I was like, well, cool, can I buy three? Right? They were $129 a piece, you know, distillery prices. Um, and they were like, no, it's only one. Like, when this is done, it's done. Now, we have not seen this bottle with the exception of what we finished on my bar six months ago. Yeah. Um, 
and now uh, it's a regular. I don't know if it's regular production. I don't think, but it's all I know is it's popped up in yeah. some Illinois uh, uh, liquor stores. So let's give it a little try and see if we remember anything. I'm gonna say this. There's not much whiskey I've ever had that is. How do I say what I'm trying to say? What I'm trying to say is I can drink Heaven Hill juice and know it's Heaven Hill, right? We've talked about that. There's always something that it's Heaven Hill. Michter's 10 year rye, I'll tell you it's Michter's 10 year rye. I'll tell you right now, this is Peerless Double Barrel. There's no argument Double to o. it. Double O, sorry. But there's no argument to it. There there was always one thing about that barrel, and I guarantee go back to that podcast, let's do it. I said there is a sweetened wood. It's like a candle. That is what that taste is. It's like a sweet wood. But you get a hit, and you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Damn um, it, that's good. But it's not, the beautiful thing about it is, and by the way, this is 100, I want to say 108, 109. But the beautiful thing about this is when you, and I, I probably did a little more than I normally do, but the oak um, and the wood and the flavor, there is a sweetness to it, but it is so subtle and it is so constant through, um, through your tongue, through your palate through putting it on the upper side and doing a little chew on it, and then it goes down, and um, it's just fantastic. And it's yeah. the same uh, It's the same as I remember. You know, and we've come a long way in Peerless, if you'd like oh, to. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. So I, I remember not, your, was a, not a fan your of anniversary in 18, 19? And I think you brought me a rye, a Peerless rye. A three-year rye. rye, yeah. And I didn't know. And I was like, uh-oh. Or, no, I think I had remembered you because I, I had never had, I ne actually never had, I didn't even know what Peerless was until I, I found that bottle. Um, it was a total wine store, a, bar a barrel pick. And I was like, ooh, shit, that's awesome. And I brought it and then we're talking about it and he, like, I gave it to me. He was like, oh, and I was like, oh, shit, that's why I know that name. You don't like Peerless. <laughs> but we opened it and it was great. And I still think that's probably still sitting downstairs. In your uh, in your stash, yeah, and I yeah. And I do love it, and we've had and then, it, from time and then to we time. bounced around, and then I brought back some cool ones, you know, like and a Peerless. So what's really unique about Peerless to talk about them when they do their barrel picks, or not their barrel picks, their their uh, distillery selections. Like when you buy them there, you'll notice in the back of the bottle, there's always like there's a little picture and a name, right? Yeah. So one of the ones that that i got and i'll have some uh, pictures when we were on this at one. the distillery was a limoncello rye and i'm like oh wait is it like and they're like no no no, no. so what the, the distillers do is when they taste it the prominent sweetness they get that's the name of the bottle and they put a little picture on it and name it limoncello pick yeah right or you had orange sickle i think the one i gave um, and so you got to try that while you were down there. yeah well so what we got to do was super unique we lucked out on this tour time and place we went on a private family tour with corky the owner of, of peerless and we bypassed all of the uh the after tour stuff and went upstairs in the boardroom and 
and they were like, and we're doing this, what you're, what, these three that you're tasting are being bottled tomorrow, we need a name. Then we got to sit in on it and got to, we came up with some taste notes and they named it and it was, it was really cool. Um, but it's, it's a unique way to kind of add a flair to your bottle um, that gives it a lot of fun. And it, and it was dope. I don't know. And I've become a, I've become a rather peerless fan. I mean, I've opened, I've opened a couple. I haven't even opened that rye I got yet. The Limoncello one is still sealed. Uh, but I opened the straight Kentucky whiskey. That one's like, it was like rosemary brownie or something, something like that. It's, it's a, like a, a flower and then a sweet. I just don't remember the name on it. And, and I had one That's just good. like that um, at one of Cass's, uh, Paul Cass's uh, bourbon parties um, off the Lazy Susan. What, what, and by the way, when I say that, what he has is it's a barrel cap. Um, with probably 15 bottles on there and he had a peerless on there one night that somebody had probably brought it might have been Paul's but anyway it was a peerless and it was a small batch and it was orange truffle and it was absolutely fantastic so orange truffle orange truffle yes yeah and never been able I actually came in there one time and they had one bottle left and they had just opened it so I couldn't buy it and um, but it was fantastic as well. So Peerless has come a long way, and, and definitely if you guys ever get a chance to be in Louisville and get a chance to go down there to their distillery and try some product, definitely do it because yeah, they've Peer- come a long way. Peerless is a, a definite for sure. You have to be there for that. So well, I'm about at the end of my. Yeah, uh, I'm wrapping this one up here in a little bit, but. I'll tell you what, the toasted with this was amazing. You know, when you retro this now, you start to develop a, a, a bit of spice there, which is which is cool. But this double oak against this, that adds a, a, like a, a candied sweetness to the cigar, which is great, or to the the overall palate taste, which is which is great. But the sweetness, you get it right on the nose and the note when you bring it in and then it's just a smooth wood right through there which is so amazing i've never experienced it with really any other bourbon so i've had some double oaks we've had um we've got a few double oaks yeah i mean there's so you got like woodford double oaked right um we've got peerless double oaked axon oak double oaked uh What's another big one that uses the term double oak? And double oak is double barrel. Jim Bean has a double oak as well. Uh, They probably do. Yeah. It just means a two barrel finish. That's what double oak means. It's how it plays out. Um, But I'll tell you, together, it's almost like a a smoked vanilla is really what I get now. It's it's great. I don't know what vanilla means. You know, that's kind of a tasting note that I think I want to try and get away from. I feel like vanilla is vanilla. You know what I'm saying? It's vanilla. Like it's it's lame. It's you know. But there are certain things to do. Like I think when you smoke a cigar and you get an overwhelming amount of cedar, like I happen to be very partial to that. I love. I I'm waiting on somebody. And the tatuaje and the Goshen, the Monopoly side, I think is the closest one I've had that does this. The Hooligan does it a little bit, but not quite as much as I'd like. And I don't. I actually have. 
no creative idea how in the hell to do that. I have no idea how to actually put that together. Um, but I love when you can tie in this big development of sweetness and especially that that cedar side and then build in all of your strength and and quote spice or development into it and how to make that work into once where you're smoking a very full strong cigar but you're finishing with this elegant setting of cedar and, and and quote vanilla and that kind of fun thing you know if you guys have any suggestions on that, let us know. I'd love to try one of those and see how it plays out. That'd be fun. So, well, it's not a chainsaw or an airplane this time. No, it's, it's a chair. It's a chair movement. Yeah. It's fun. So, what's up, buddy? I'm into um, my second cigar pick, and I'm thinking, a little drag. About, I'm thinking about maybe going with the drag. Yeah, there is a little shot here. Uh, I just want to let everyone know he, he chose a Tatuaje Drac over a Craft Bureau Reaper, but it's cool. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm just like, well, I'm trying to and look at that. I mean, what is that, like a 50 cal? It's like a 50 cal bullet? Almost. It's a 752 torpedo. I mean, holy shit. Anyway, um, I don't know. I, I just, I feel fortunate that um, and and um, shout out to uh, Soifer because um, he had made me aware of this that he had visited Dean's Liquor over in Collinsville and they actually had these and because I was unaware I was kind of under the impression that this was you're talking about the double oak not the cigar the double oak just so everyone's clear I, on yeah, that yeah yeah <laughs> I was under the impression that this was kind of kind of be a gift shop double oak and obviously that has well, hang on, buddy. I'm the one that set that impression because right. at that time in 2021, that's what it was. Yeah. That's what it was. You know, that's what I was explicitly told. That's why I couldn't buy more than one. Um, but I, and that could have been a little tomfoolery. You, you know how distillers are. I'd like are. to think yeah. that maybe through our podcast and whatever the word got around that maybe this double oak is something... They should not, you know what, jump around I'm, I'm on. Gonna, they should get on it. I'm gonna go with that. Yeah, Corky. That would be nice Corky, to know thank you for listening. And, and, uh, I'm so glad that we we put the word out there and uh, said that whole. And that's not a bad deal. Yeah. You're welcome, America. Right. And if you guys <laughs> get a chance to experience this, I would say, give it a whirl now. Um, I want to say the bottle price-wise was around one, I, I think it was $87. That, see, that's what pisses me off. That's what pisses me off. How the hell does it go? I paid 120, 127 for it. Ooh, bourbon news. Dude, we have not talked about this yet. Justin's House of Liquor. Yeah, I heard it. I have got some skinny on that. You got some skinny? Good, because I have not looked it up. Okay. I'll let the bourbon cowboy take the wheel on this. And well, this is what I I'm going to reshare my story about those doucher. I heard when they passed the legislation for Dusty's in Kentucky, they allowed um, in Kentucky them to sell Dusty's. But what I'm understanding through somebody, and again, this is like, this now, is... Now, hang on, hang on. I want you to do this. Explain... Dusty, because I know we've only ever done one. We did that old fish from 1971, 
So that 12-year bourbon that was 70-some years old right. at that point? So somebody Explain con- Dusty. So somebody contacts Justin and says, hey, my father has a library here in his house of unopened, fantastic whiskey. He comes and he buys it and wants to be able to resell it in Justin's house of bourbon. Um, and oh, Justin's house of bourbon. Thank you, sorry. Um, I think I said Justin's house of whiskey. Right, Justin's house of bourbon. They allow him through legislation to sell that. Now, I think what they are saying um, he's in trouble for is uh, inner uh, and outer, outer state travels like He's buying Dusties from other states, bringing them to Kentucky and selling them. Now, whether this is in world, I'm well, only, that's the what is it? The moonshine law? Is that, isn't that what that is? The moonshine law? Isn't that a thing? Well, isn't you the can moonshine do that within law? the state of Kentucky, but they're saying you can't go to St. Louis and buy some guy stuff, right? Bring it to Kentucky and sell it, right? That's, that's the moonshine law is. I might have this wrong. I know there's a law. Like, it's no longer illegal to go to another state and buy alcohol or spirits and then travel home with them, right? Right. Like, we're not going that's, to go buy a carton of, uh, no like longer a box illegal. of cigars but and sell the, it over here. the export purchase to import and sell is illegal. Meaning, like you just said, you come, you come to say this, you go, oh, Hodge, I heard you have a uh, complete old Fitz collection, 12 to 19. I'd like to buy that for X amount of dollars, and then three days later, he sells it to somebody else in Kentucky for X amount of dollars. That's illegal. We all know that happens, but... Yeah, but that happens on a personal level, not in your fucking... Not right. in... Is it safe to say that Justin Salazar Bourbon is probably the most popular and highest grossing not distillery in I don't know. Kentucky? I don't know. And and by the way, we're this is like this is only the scuttle that I've heard that they're talking to them because they didn't keep it within Kentucky, and that's basically the bottom line. Legislation was passed to allow them, not them personally, but if you had a place and you had older bourbon or whiskey that was purchased, you can sell it as long as it's been within the state of Kentucky. Now, somebody let us know if that's not the case, but that's what I heard. Yeah, please do. So I just, I did just now, you guys, Patreon saw me on my phone. I was trying to see it up. There hasn't been an update since January 21st, which I know is February 2nd, but that's, if, if this is a real federal raid by, you know, FBI, ATF, Bourbon, Bourbon Control, or, ABC, you know, Alcohol Beverage Control of Kentucky, there'd have been something else, but they're still open too. See, that was the thing that got me is they were raided both stores. There's two stores. I don't know if you know that. There's one in there's one in Louisville and there's one in Lexington. Okay, you, you should have known you knew that. Um, I've only been to the one in Louisville. That's the one you sent me to. Told me to go to. Um, but the fact is that. When I read that, when you sent that to me, I went online, I started reading about it, and the, the, the owners put it out. One guy's name is Justin, the other one's an investor. And they're still open. They're, they're still open. They're doing business. business. Yeah, right. they're, they're not slowing down at all. So I, that's what makes me curious about the, the severity of what they did wrong. Well, it right? may not be that big a deal. They may just come in and say, hey, listen, guys, we're looking it over, and this is, you know, there's going to be a fine 
you guys need to do this within the business of Kentucky. Well, you saw. I don't know that, but we'll just have that to they wait and see. bottles. They came right. in and they took things away, right? So, I don't know on that one. That That's actually really interesting to me about that. Well, because that would be like, I, you know, the way I would equate that to a cigar lounge? Um, I know of places, uh, I know how to get around it, I know how you do it, but the sale of Cuban cigars in the United States in a business, right? That would be the same thing if the ATF walked into a cigar lounge, seized whatever was being sold illegally, and then still let you operate. You know what I mean? Like, what in what other capacity have you seen where federal agents <laughs> come into a business and you're still open the next day. Well, I think the difference is, and I could be totally wrong, but just my um, novice knowledge on how this works is like you buy a, um, through, through, through your internet or whatever, you buy a box of Cubans from Cuba. Right. You, you, you can't buy that box of Cuban and then sell it in your shop openly at a retail shop in Missouri. No, can anywhere, you anywhere, can anywhere. You, can you personally have those cigars and buy them and smoke them personally? Probably yes, but you can't openly resell what you're buying right. from Cuba and do that. Well, I am not going to give away the trade secret of how that happens in the United States, but it does happen. There are shops you can do it in. Um, there is a beautiful thing in this world called a trade market. You know, we still do barter. We are no longer pirates and, and outlaws, so, but we still do barter. Um, it's just interesting to me. Like, the news headline comes out that federal agents raided an establishment, and then the next day they're like, oh, we're open for business, come on in. And people are still flooding the store, you know? All right, I know you're into that track, but give your final thoughts on the Maria Lucia. I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm glad Mark brought it to my attention because I did not know Luciano had another cigar out, and I'm a big uh, Luciano fan, and um, I definitely want to add that to my humidor because I thought it was a fantastic cigar. Yeah, we're definitely picking some more of those up before we leave, I'll tell you that. Um, you know, Luciano, his first cigar that I had, what was the name? I mean, obviously we all smoked the, the Lancero, but the original one that he came out with. The Dreamer. The Dreamer was fantastic, and I loved it. And then I think the second one. Um, Traveler. The Dreamer, the Traveler, and then probably Lux, the Fiat. Uh, no, well, with Luciano, no, the only two cigars at that point in time that had Luciano's name on it were the, sorry, it was the Traveler originally, then the Dreamer. The next release was the Dreamer came in the new four sizes. Uh, then after that, Luciano was involved in the blending on Fiat Lux, the Sergeant, um, Massanius, uh, what else is slipping my mind here? Uh, there's a couple more. You know, that's something I want to talk about. You cutting that torpedo. I had to cut it three cutter. times. Yeah, you're going to have to. Yeah. Um, it just the but, draw. I try. I give it a two cut, and I have a zero cut. It's probably three sixteenths, um, but the draw is just not as good. Um, so as far as Maria Lucia goes, I know we're bouncing around a little bit here, but that was 
Probably my favorite box press I've ever smoked. I'm gonna put that over Cajono 2012 from Tatuaje, uh, especially the Sumatra size. Uh, hey, mama, you come say hi? No. Come on, man, it's been three years. Can you wave? <laughs> we gotta wave, um, we gotta wave. <laughs> uh, and that's coming over to Tatuaje in that uh, Cajono 2012 in the Sumatra. Uh, it's better than that. Um, so much that I just text to make sure we have more of those boxes. Um, that's that's phenomenal, Luciano. That yeah, I know it's, it's the the um, homage to your, your mother, Maria Lucia, Maria Lucia, Maria's. Um, you know, beautiful cigar. I, I loved every bit of that. Um, but show the the Patreon on the video your cutter. Hold that cutter up there. So this is a Cuban Crafters Perfecto cutter. These these things were actually so that hole shouldn't be there. There was originally something on the back of that. Um, the Perfecto cutter was actually made. Uh, this is not an insult to anybody. It was dummy proof. Uh, the biggest issue that a lot of people have when they cut a cigar, and we've all done this. I, I don't care how long you've been smoking. You've, depending on the size of the cigar, you've cut it too deep or too shallow, and then you got to correct yourself, and you end up either too deep or you get it just right, but it takes you two, three cuts, and you get there. The idea behind the Perfecto cutter was there is a two millimeter difference between the cutter and the stainless steel backing on your average cap cigar now we're not talking cuban triple caps your average cap cigar of quote new world new world tobacco so you've heard me talk about this in the past couple weeks i was bashing on on cuban stuff about this new world tobacco is anything from the south america district that's not grown in cuba that's kind of the new term that's been thrown around about that um as far as that cutter was designed for was on a single cap cigar You'll get just right inside of it, and it will remove the cap for you without you cutting too far into the shoulders. It's probably a two sixteenths for carpenters out there that are working with sixteenths. Um, Did I say millimeters? I apologize. Well, no, I'm just saying because not everybody is going to understand millimeters, but I'm just saying, and I don't know how it equates. I don't know how to break it down. But that's probably a two to three sixteenths cut. You know what? Really, really small ones. Do I? Oh, it's just centimeters. Never mind. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> So I've just always enjoyed this because it's kind of a no sense, uh, a no nonsense cut, and then you can work from there. Um, but that third cut for me um, has opened the cigar up a lot more for me on the track. Um, hey, would you go grab a glass? Yeah. For you. You haven't had this in three years. Yeah. This is now apparently a, a fucking regular thing. Oh yeah, yeah, you know. Anyway, now that I've cut this three times, I probably smoked about an inch and I just didn't feel like it was drawing. And then just to pop it one more time, and now the draw is really working really well. And so my, my thought on that is that especially, so it, it's designed for that, you know. It, um, so when you're working with a torpedo or anything else that way, it, it makes it more difficult to use. Now granted, with your, with your top off, it, um, it allows you, especially because you, now you have the cap on, you've got the hole spacing in the back, it allows you to let the, the torpedo cap actually come through as you cut into it. But I've noticed every time you've done that with a torpedo, you have to hit it more than once. Yeah. You have to. It just doesn't, it doesn't, 
it doesn't cut it properly. It doesn't, but it's a genius cutter. I do enjoy them, you know. But then when you get into companies like uh, Padron, always does triple caps. Tatawai, anything Pin does is always triple capped. Uh, some of the Cohiba releases, especially with Sean Williams involved, everything like that. Um, like when you look at the, uh, the um, M's, like all that, all that stuff is triple capped. You know, when you start getting into that, a, a triple cap doesn't necessarily mean that there's more distance between the cap and the shoulders. It just means there's a little more density or thickness from the cap to the shoulder. You know, and if you cut it too light, um, you're not going to get far, far enough into the cigar to actually allow a nice. Drop. And this is a long draw. I mean, what did you say? This is a seven inch. Uh, there's six, six and, and three, three yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's up there. It's stupid. Yeah. So it's working a lot better now. Anyway. God, damn it. Um, it's good. Yeah. It's rude. It's, really it's, it's rude. But, yeah. You want to come over here? No. Okay, they don't say anything. No one can hear you. <laughs> I was telling you right. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. Thank so you've you had a taste of that. What do you think? So yeah. Scooby Drew's at the other end of the table with no microphone. So we're going to ask questions. There's going to be this dull. And then, well, Drew, here's, and then you'll repeat. Here's the thought of this. And we had it in the spring. He had brought it back. And I thought the unique thing about it was is um, when you first bring it into your mouth, there is this sweetness that hits immediately. But yet, it's overtaken by a really nice blend of um, wood and oak that is really smooth and takes you through your palate and whatever, and then goes down really good. Because this is about 108, 109, and um, I just had never really tasted anything like it before. I've had some double oak before, but this one just seems to have been done really well. And I wanted to get your thoughts, and now he just walked over. <laughs> That's right. We'll, we'll chat it up. Well, he's working, too. That's right. Yeah, yeah, he's working. Yeah. So we're going to go about a couple more minutes, and then we got to tidy this thing up. I do have to go do a, a celebration thing for uh, Wahine. She's uh, officially moved over into clinical side of everything, so she's no longer in class. She's doing her entire setup, um, and I'm very proud of her. Um, she's done great ahead of her class, I don't care what anybody says, she's dialing into it, so I'm happy with that. Um, but I can't I can't get over this this peerless, dude. It's it's gotta be actually you know this you, you know there's one other whiskey that that I think you and I both um, well I shouldn't say a whiskey. Booker's is is that thing. Like you could pour you could pour six Jim Bean products. That, that's not fair. Never mind. That's not fair. Because I think the only high proof Jim Beam does is Booker's and Little Book. Right? Um, yeah, as, as of right now, yeah. you got Little Book and Booker's. I think that first bottle I had is called Easy or something, number one, uh, Little Book. Yeah, and, see, uh, um, do you still have those? Yeah. Would I've you, got, be, would you got, think you could, are they open? No. No, they're not open. I, I just looked at it today. Matter of fact, I went down, yeah, I was buddy. putting some stuff you on want, it. You want to do a side deal? You want to I think I've got, I want to say that was 16. Yeah, it had to be. It had to be because chapter one was, where are we at? I'm at, I'm I on six 17 now. 17 or 
So I six years know. ago was 18. No, 17. So you, you've got to have I have the original and, and then I've got, I've got 16 or, I think I've got 17. Oh, what are yours called? Are they called batches? Well, the first one is just the uh, 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 little book, number one, easy, easy batch or something, number okay. one. Okay. Huh. <clears throat> I don't know. I want to try those. Or I'll just buy them from you. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah. I don't know. It's been a very fun podcast. I've enjoyed every bit of this. Our new podcast corner here at Lit 2.5. Um, and why is it called 2.5? We're just curious. Uh, because we're not going to be here long. It's not a full. Yeah, but you have. Uh, well, I said it was a half, right? 2.5. Well, like, if you five, have the first location, so. that's one. And then your next location is two. So I would think it'd be 1.5. We've been in two tenths since this is our third. Oh, shit. Two- I forgot about that. Yeah. You've yeah, been in we two were. Places? Yep. For, the first doesn't count. It's a week. It's like two weeks. Yeah, so when Lit actually first opened, um, do you remember the mall layout at all? On the other side of the highway? No, 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 never across the highway. That was that was smoking out. When the mall was here and Brooks Brothers was down at the, in that end cap yeah. where, where it was built, directly next to that was the original Lit. That was the first Lit that I walked into. Oh, I've never been that yeah, I walked into that, then the oh, second, so now the next time sense. I came back, yeah. Okay. Oh, I get it We're now, there. I get it. So there has been two, and this is 2.5. I, I was totally like get 2. it now. Like half I did not there, get it. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah, I forgot about that. My bad. <laughs> Whoops. Well, um, there we have it. Now the mystery has been concluded, and we know this is 2.5 because this is halfway in between the third. Yeah. Yes. Yes, that's where we're at. So we will wrap this thing up. Um, as always, we have to say thank you to Lit Cigar Lounge, the Snyder family, the OG sponsor of the podcast. Um, this place is great, guys. Come, to, I, know, I know it's, as I said earlier, it's you, you've been to Lit. You know, we've met a lot of you at Lit. Uh, come to this new spot. It's going to be a treat. It's fun. It's like I said, it's, it's kind of this trans, this, this transgress, not transgress, that's the wrong word. Uh, transition. Transition. Thank you, sir. From Woo! beginning middle end you know what i mean and the space is cool it's yeah you know, i gotta give like i said props up to the snyder family for planning everything properly um all the moving credits will go to uh the silver fox and all of us uh the crew that moved everything in here and for a business that had to move in a single day we lost 10 hours of business and we haven't missed a step after that i think so, that's fantastic that's kudos to you the crew you guys it uh it was fun it's put together it's well built it's amazing what you can do with a plan and retrofit yourself into a building that was not and i mean this like if you walk in here and you've ever done retail before you can tell this is a retail store clothing retail you can tell it's a retail store some of the actual clothing rack hooks are still in some of the walls it's funny like the actual splits in the walls you can see the dividers behind them where the shelves been clicking yeah i mean on that wall back over there by the tv you can see them in the wall basically the whole room is white shiplack um which is so much brighter than what we're used to 
at the uh, old lit. I was never at the original lit, which I just found out tonight. So that's good. For God, it was like like twelve days, dude. It was like a week and a weekend, I think. Um, but no, it, it, it's awesome. You guys come down here and check it out. Nothing, literally nothing has changed in operation. Humidor still set up. Bar is still functioning. Seating is still here. Um, music still happens. Three. At least three times a month, everything is still going on. Uh, tomorrow, yeah, Chuck. Oh, Chucky Boy will be here tomorrow. Chuck Flowers. He sings the best rendition of our song by Elton John that you've ever heard next to Elton John live. I will tell you that right now. The guy is a wizard, and it's fantastic. Well, he's got uh, plenty of room to play in here. It'll be interesting to see how it sounds in here. Yeah, uh, I'm. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. So. We'll probably be here tomorrow night. Come in for some music, hang out, check it out, have a good time. Um, but from the Viking Mahalo guys, thank you so much. Uh, Scooby Drew down there, thank you. Maria Lucia is available. Some of it's going home with us tonight. But uh, I just so you know, I did chalk that up as my favorite box press of so. Tell your local retailer to order it. That's my info. I make money. He said, no. We'll share it out there. Make sure you hook up Luciano. Uh, Maria Lucia is back, right? Being yes. rolled right now. Being rolled right now. Okay, cool. Nothing's changing in it, though? Same size? New size nine. is coming. New size is new coming. Size okay. Is coming. Dope. I'm all about it. I'm excited. So, from the Viking, mahalo, guys. We look forward to it. I'll let the Bourbon Cowboy take us out. Hey, from the Bourbon Cowboy, listen, uh, appreciate you guys hanging out with us. And as always, thanks for listening in. And we'll see you next week for a new adventure. You're listening to Stone Tribe on the Craft and Puro podcast. Download our brand new song, Island Time, and help us raise money for United Cerebral Palsy. 25% of our profits go to help families pay for desperately needed medical equipment and procedures. Connect with Stone Tribe at stonetribemusic.com for music and the latest Stone Tribe merch.